Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Uh, let's open our Bibles. You got your Bible with you. Uh, let's uh, put our Bibles towards heaven and say, this is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have, and I can go where my Bible said I can go. I am everything that my Bible said I am. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And I receive faith, and I'm better because of it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's uh, uh, go back, if we will, to our text verses of Scripture as we go through this and and understand some of the things that we're dealing with today. And so, uh, because I believe it's, it's important for us to know who we are, what we're doing, and what, we're, what God's about. Go to back to, with me, if you will, to Matthew's Gospel. And let's just begin our, our study here. And this is this. Listen close to me. In life, uh, it, it's, a, it's a good life. Let me reiterate. It's a God life. It's an abundant life. But it won't come without challenges. Uh, you know, isn't it awesome that, the, the, that God created Adam, created Eve, Put them in a wonderful, glorious gospel. It was supplied with everything that they would ever need for eternity. For eternity. And then God threw this little statement in. It's your garden. Live in it. Protect it. Wait a minute. There's only God and us too and all the angels. Why do I need to protect it? Who's coming after it? Well, a little later on, a little snake got in there. And gave one word that caused everything they could see, everything they knew, to be questioned. And their once acceptance of that question caused an act of disobedience, which uh, caused them to leave the garden. you got to be willing, and you got to be obedient to eat the good of the land. You just can't be willing and not obedient. You can't be obedient and not willing. you got to do both. And, and he said this, I would rather have you obey than to have sacrifice. See, if you don't obey, you'll sacrifice something. And something, something will be taken. So you got, you got to understand, not from God. It's just that God's trying to help you here. God's trying to work with you in this life. So in Matthew's gospel, uh, uh, chapter 1, um, if you will, as we get ready to... Actually, go, go over with me. I apologize. Uh, chapter 2. Uh, and let's look at this. Um, Matthew's gospel, chapter 2. And it says... Uh, and when they departed, and we're, we're reading out of verse uh, 13. It says, Now when they departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take your child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Another word uh, says, Flee. Sub, uh, so it's so interesting that here we have, we reiterated this, and then we want to go through this uh, very important verse of Scripture. And that is this, is that God visited Mary, God visited Joseph, and both of them in a dream told them what was going to take place. They both accepted. They both acknowledged it. And, and then we think, with all this situation, why, would, why couldn't God just say, listen, I'm an angel. I'm sent of God to protect what, what you have given birth to. So don't worry about it. Herod's maybe crazy, but I got you covered. Just stay right here. Just go ahead and dance around your house all day long. It's going to be wonderful. I got, and, and we'll come to your rescue. No, here was the, here was the answer. Flee. Leave. So his, his answer, move, go, to, go down and go to Egypt, was a solution. It made no sense from a natural standpoint that Egypt was, had always been a place of bondage no, uh, to the children of Israel. 
For 400 years they were in bondage. For 400 years they were, uh, they were uh, lied to. They were worked to, so they could not know their God. It's going on today to, as you look around. People don't know who their God is. And, and so I know your, your money says in God we trust. And that's pretty much who they look at. In God I trust you. And if I don't have enough of you, I don't know what I'm going to do. You can't trust that. You got to trust who God is and what God's doing for your life. And so challenges will come up. So uh, uh, you can win in troubled times. I'm telling you, listen to me. You can win in troubled times. And so if God told me to get up, he's telling you to get up. I'm going to show you scripturally how important it is for you to wake up and to get up. It's so, it's so powerful that we understand this. And so uh, right now, I'm, I'm going to reiterate a statement that I made. Right now, your future is adapting to the size of your faith. Right now, your future is adapting to the size of your faith. Understand that. So the level of your faith right now is wonderful. And know this, that whatever is ahead of you, it's adapting to your faith. How do you know what your faith is? Your faith is based on what you say and what you do. Uh, I, was, uh, I was meditating on this. I, I grew up as, as a Catholic, and we had what we called the Apostles' Creed. If anybody was Catholic, you know the Apostles' Creed, or maybe you remember the Apostles' Creed. Uh, some of you may just know the movie Creed. I, I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the, the Apostles' Creed was a declaration about the apostles and what they said. And they started, I believe in one God, the Father. What a statement. That was by the Catholics that they made this statement. And, and, and it's so powerful. If you study that out, you'll find it's, it's out. In the church, the, in, in, in churches today, people have creeds. I have one. This is my Bible. Amen. So I don't have you say that just to say because I'm looking for something to do to fill time. If you don't fall in love with your Bible, then you fall in love with doctrines that are not necessarily doctrine. It's scriptural. And you got to understand this. And any doctrine that doesn't line up with this is a doctrine of the devil, the Bible says. And so you got, you got to understand that. And so I'm preaching pretty good. I'm happy today. <laughs> and so uh, we got to understand this. So when we understand what the Bible said, so he says, go to Egypt. That's what they had to go do. So in that creed that they had, uh, in their creed, we're going to Egypt. They had a creed. Any creed is worthless unless it produces a deed. If it does not have it. So for me, this is my Bible. So if you ask me a question, if a challenge comes up, if a financial situation, if my, if my emotions are, are, are being attacked, I, I go to the creed. This is my Bible. And uh, what's going on in my world is not my Bible. It's not the living word. It's the opinion of something trying to drive me into something that I don't want to go to. So in winning in troubled times, uh, you got to listen to your inner man, which is referred to as your spirit man. And uh, it's shouting within you, whether you realize it or not. It's shouting within you. Here's it saying, wake up, sit up, and get up. So on the inside, wake up, sit up, and get up, and, and do what God told you to do. Now I want you to think about this. When God spoke to Mary and said, uh, Mary, uh, I've chosen you out of heaven, and God has chosen you. The angel showed up, and she said, how shall this thing be? We know the whole story about this. But, and then God, she said, be it done to me according to the word. Now stop for just a moment and think with me. There's only two people on the planet who knew it, she was still a virgin. Only two. Other people thought about it. Other people had to, had to suspect about it. But only two people really knew. Mary and God. Mary and God. The only two people on earth that knew. God had to speak through, said an angel to tell Joseph, 
take her because what's born of her is of me. But he had to take that by faith. He didn't know. Her, her mama and daddy didn't know. Did, were you with somebody? Did you, we know your spouse is Joseph. Did you guys uh, fool around prior to this? Uh, could this be? And now you're telling us it's from heaven? The neighbors. We know you, Mary. We know you're a spouse. Could you have, uh, it, it comes across. Only two people really knew. And that was Mary and God. Anytime God tells you something, you could be the only person besides God that knows what you know. And it's not your duty to convince others that it's God. You are not responsible to get approval from anybody else that you're okay. You have no, listen, I'll go through a scripture, but you have no responsibility to get up and get dressed and put a suit on or put your clothes on, put makeup on, wash your hair and go look for somebody. I beg you, oh, could you agree with me? No. If God told you, then it's so. If God said it, then it's so. It's an amen. Amen. There's an old bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Wrong. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. God said it, then it's so. The sun believes it, it's still there. The stars believe it, it's still there. God said it, and they stay exactly where they're at. Amen. We're not going to fall into another planet, and another planet's not going to fall into us. God's protecting us. God's protecting us. Amen. So we got to understand this. The, the, so uh, there was only two people, and, and I, I'm, I'm letting you know right now that what you know in your heart, I don't care how long it takes, I don't care what it, what it may look like. I don't care how many church you're challenged. I don't care who believes you, doesn't believe you. We like everybody to believe us, but listen, not even your best friends will believe you. Are you re- facing reality? It's been a month now. It's been six months now. Why, why do you still say that? Why do you still believe that? Why are you still praying? Why are you still reading your Bible? It's, it's a book. Can't you finish it? No. It's, it's my answer. It's a living book. It's a living book. Praise God for it. Thank you for that. Uh, watch this. I want to let you know this. Jesus, uh, I, I was listening to my spirit on this. Jesus grew up with a stigma. And, and that was this. He grew up in a home with, a Mar- with his mother, Mary, but a stepfather, Joseph. Not every home is born exactly the way you want it to be. Some people grew up and their fathers weren't home. Their fathers weren't there. Mama was there. And, and, uh, so, and not every home was set the way. Now, Joseph was present. But that wasn't his real dad. His real father was heavenly father. And, and, and notice that uh, he grew up with that. How do we know that? Well, one day he was preaching and uh, a ministry and they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, we know you. You're the carpenter's son and you're a carpenter too. Like that was a shame. At least he had a job. At least he worked. You're a carpenter. And uh, also, uh, we know your mother Mary. They didn't say one thing about Joseph. They didn't call him by name. He's a carpenter. He's a carpenter. You'll be named by, by, by the, the substance. People will name you and they'll call you and they'll, they'll, they'll try to de- degrade you. You can't do it. When you know who you are, you will never bow to the opinions of others. Never bow to the opinions of others. You achieve. You grow. Praise God. People get jealous and get upset for who you are and what you accomplish in life. You got, you got to be willing to grow and do what God told you to do. So, so Jesus grew up with a stigma. A lot of people grow up with stigmas or issues in, in their life, and, and they'll go through that. And Jesus grew up in a home with this. And despite, listen to my statement here, despite Satan's desire to sow poisonous seeds of rejection, Jesus became a winner in troubled times 
by renewing his mind and knowing who he was. One of the things he had to know was, that's my mom you're talking about. And I know, and I know my mom wasn't fooling around. And she pondered in her heart things. She shared things. She looked at me. She stared at me. She didn't just protect the son. She protected the anointing and the gift and my assignment. And if she protected my assignment, then she would be protected. And if she protected my assignment, my assignment would protect her. Amen. The reason we have so much destruction. We heard a song that they were singing earlier about generations. And in the song, it said a generation and generations and generations. Let me help you here. Learn this. Learn this. Satan hates your household. He hates families. He hates them. He especially hates the family of God. God is the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's so prevalent in Scripture. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why does he say that? Because he's a three-generational God. And if God can get one generation to feed the next generation and get it locked in, and then that second generation gets the next generation locked in, then that whole generation and family line is set. How was it that Enoch departed? Why was he not and then he was not? Because of generational blessing. Satan's trying to get you off course, trying to get your children off course. The prodigal left, and the prodigal was a prodigal as long as he was gone. But the father never saw him as a prodigal. He kept looking. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. So sometimes it doesn't look like the way you want it to look. But a father knows how to see into the future and see hope and see help and see restoration. And it's going to happen one day. I'll keep looking in the direction of that. He wasn't looking in the direction of his son. He was looking in the direction of his hope for the joy that was set before him. That's what fathers do. That's what parents do. Stop giving in to poisonous seeds of rejection. God has never rejected you. He's called you his beloved son, beloved child. Listen, you're sons and daughters of the most high God. That's what you are. You're sons and daughters of the most high God. Amen. Amen. Praise God for it. Uh, you know, the Bible says this, that in, that in, in, in Joel, uh, excuse me, in the book of Acts, Joel says it, and, and they quote it in the book of Acts, that in the last days, in the last days, he talks about this. And, and he said the last days, this is what's going to happen in Joel. He said, your, your, your young men shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. Think about that. And he, he clarifies. And he says two things, your young men and, and, and the old men. And so uh, technically, um, uh, from a natural standpoint, from uh, a social security standpoint, I'm an old man. <laughs> technically. I'm not an old man. Uh, you, and so, but, but they, they tell you, so at, at 66, they say, you're an old man. No. Uh-uh. I'm not your definition. I'm not over the hill. I'm not uh, over the hill. I'm not done there. Still walking. So, so the thing about it is, is that here's the key, is that it's not enough that you go to church. It's enough that you get your, your faith activated, that you embrace and hold on to the assignment of your life. Despite everything thrown your way, you're going to have troubled times, and, and, but you win in troubled times. So if I'm a, a, the old man and dreaming dreams, but when I was a younger man, I, I, I prophesied. I spoke. I'm still doing that. But as an older man, I, I, I've, got, I've got to hold on to the dream I have. Joseph dreamed a dream. You know, and we've got to understand that. We've got to get a hold of that. 
and, jo- and what Joseph did. And, and so here's the thing, is that now, now you know, uh, in, in the relationship right now, my, my son is my, is my uh, lead pastor here, preaches the gospel. So here I am. He's got new ways. He's going, let's do it this way. It's a new way. And, you know, the, when you got started, we didn't have the technology today you, that you, uh, that, uh, that you, you didn't afford. You couldn't have it. It wasn't existent to, for you guys. But today it's there. Why don't we do this? Let's do this. Let's do this. True. That's great. But, but don't get rid of the old man. Don't get rid of the old man. And then old men can't say to the child who's prophesying to get you to move because old men like to retire. Yeah, you can't retire from God. You can't say, I'm 66, heart slow down. No. You want your heart pumping. That's why you want to make sure you're insured. Why do you you want insurance? Uh, I want to live. I may be old, but I want to live. I may be moving slower, but I still want to live. Are you, are you with me? Now, now watch. So if the old men dream dreams, then the old men can't hold down the young men. They've got to give them the dream. And the young man's got to look up and say, and I got away now that I got the dream on how, and we cooperate together. If the young men, they want to get up over here, and they want to get up and go over here, and the old and the old men, uh, the old men will will uh, give revelation uh, to them, and if they'll they'll and they'll feed them, so they'll get up. Then both together will go up, and, and we'll go up higher. So feed your children. Just don't teach your, teach them how to bake cookies and how to put a nail in a piece of wood. It's not sufficient enough. The most important thing in life is that Bible. Wasn't in my notes, but that's okay. Jesus uh, forced to renew his mind. This is close to this. So that he could step away from thoughts and totally avoid the cesspool of human scorn. He had to avoid the cesspool of human scorn. Religious Religion will defeat you. It'll swallow you up. It'll corrupt your mind. Relationship with God is what we need. Not rules and regulations about how to pray. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Periodically, Jesus had to claw his way out of the pit of atheistic questions. Sometimes you will too. Well, you say this, and and how come it didn't come to pass? You said God told you. You've been in here praying, and you've been doing this. How come it hasn't changed? You you say that God's a good God. How come he did this? How come he's doing that? Uh, how, How come all this is going on? Where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? Well, let me ask you a question. Where's your faith in all this? Where's your trust? Who do you believe? Do you look in the mirror and believe you? Then you're God. You believe you more than anybody else? Then you're your own God. And you make a lousy one at that. God never, God never gets tired. Do you get tired? How oh, then you're faith God. He never slumbers. Do you slumber? Well, then you're a fake God. Or do you have sufficient? Let me ask you this question. Is your driveway paved with gold, pure gold, that you can see through it? Uh, No. Well, then you're a fake God if you believe in yourself. Do you have angels garrisoned? I'm not talking about bulldogs and pit bulls. I'm talking about angels that garrison around about. Think about this. Uh, Tremendous soldiers. The Bible says seven of them. Rolled a stone uh, in front of Jesus' tomb. 
and make sure. Then they, they sealed it with the, with the king's signet. And then they said, and guard it. Make sure nobody comes and takes the, the stone. If it took seven big soldiers to do it, then it would have taken uh, uh, more men to roll it away. Think about this. And when Jesus came up, an angel with one finger. <laughs> Amen. And it would, took no strength. Angels are garrisoned round about you. They're, they're workers for you, for the heirs of salvation. You may be going through troubled times, but you're a winner. God has given you mercy. God has given you truth. Angels are, behind, are working with you. Behind you is all this, this, uh, this tremendous promises of Almighty God. I recall uh, I was given uh, an instruction or a promise, an encouraging word when Joanne was in the hospital in 2015 and, uh, uh, and they were giving me the death sentence on her and, uh, and they told me that she might live, might mean I die and, and I'm thinking, well, what's going on? I get home. I get a phone call from a wonderful minister friend of mine. And he tells me, he goes, because I just want to say this to you. I heard it from the Spirit. I go, what is it? He said this to me. He says, she's in the hospital, but she's not in the hospital. She's in Psalm 91. I said, oh, that's good. And then he said this. The pillow she's got her head on isn't a real pillow. It's the pillow of her confessions of faith that she's been making all these years. And the bed she's in right now is the promises of Almighty God. And the covers that she's covered with happens to be the anointing. Your wife is blessed and shall rise up out of this. Now, that is the kind of person you need to hear from. And then they did say they goodbye and hung up. Nothing else needed to be said. You don't need somebody to say, how are they feeling now? They look any better? They look any better? What would you say about Lazarus? Hey, how's, he, how's he look now? He stinks. What do you think he looks like? There's some situations that, that may in your life look like they're dead. And everybody around say, it's dead. It's hopeless, sir. It's hopeless, ma'am. It's hopeless. Your children are hopeless. Your marriage is hopeless. Your financial situation is hopeless. It stinks, man. It looks so bad. The creditors won't even give you any credit. They want their, all their stuff back. You look so bad, you look so and you call yourself a Christian. It looks stinky. It stinks so bad. Wait a minute. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. And your Lazarus is simply, dream! Live. Wake up. Live up. Get up. And periodically, you got to claw your way out of the pit of atheistic questions. The world doesn't know what you know. Some Christians don't know what you know. According to Matthew 13, 15, this is where they came in with the questions of the Father. You just write it down. I'm not going to quote it. But here's what they said. Aren't you the carpenter's son? And in, 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 uh, Mark's gospel said, aren't you the carpenter? So in other words, it was father and son. So your dad's a carpenter. You became a carpenter. We know your mother Mary, your brothers and sisters. We know them. So who do you think you are? We grew up with you. We know who you are. We know what you do. People around you. You know, uh, you know, and, uh, you know if, if they put you on you the least likely to succeed in your annual. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Joanne likes school so much. She, 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 she signed up for summer school. 
they forced me to go and I skipped that too. I was never in any clubs. Joanne got stepped into every picture in every club, even though she didn't know what she was going on. She, she was on a, on, a, on a cheerleader squad, what, what, the drill team, drill team for three wonderful years and never knew how to play the game. She said, the only reason I was on this because the guys. <laughs> we, she, she would get up there, push it back, push it back, way back. We asked her, what does that mean? I don't know. It's, but it's just we push it back. There, there are some Christians that, that do the same thing. I'm healed, I'm healed. Where does it mean? I don't know. I'm just saying it. I hear so many people say it. I'm dressed for the occasion. I'm only here because I see a blessed. I don't know what blessed me looks like. Got my Bible, it's not underlined. I got nothing underlined. I know one scripture. I know one scripture. I don't know where it is, though. <laughs> You're going to go through stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, listen, listen. Uh, everybody, everybody has an opportunity to quit. And, and discouragement is an equal opportunist. It'll come to any, anybody, no matter who you are, no matter who you think you are, it'll come to everybody. We'll all be challenged one way or the other. Every one of us. It, it, it doesn't matter what, where we do. Uh, Psalm 46.1 makes this statement, and it says this. I love this statement. This is a good, powerful verse of Scripture. De, uh, the psalmist, or the psalms are full of, of, of uh, declarations, decrees. It's full of uh, what we would call uh, professions that increase who we are. They enrich us. And it says, God is our refuge and our strength. Why would you even say that? Unless you needed refuge and strength. And then he said, a very present help in trouble. Huh. So he must have been in trouble. You know, Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all this within me. Bless the Lord. And he's talking to himself, O soul. Soul, bless God. So, bless God. There's going to be times in your life that you'll stand by yourself and you'll be crowded by individuals and, you got, and you'll be the only one saying on the inside of you, you'll hear it shouting out, bless God for this now. Go ahead, bless God. Don't give in to all that junk. Don't give in to all those statements. Bless God. Bless God. And you got to do it. And you got to be excited about it at the same time. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, you smiling, enthusiastic, shouting Christians. <laughs> Amen. I know this because it works. I know this because it works. It works when, when we do this. God is our refuge. Let me give it to you another translation. Are you ready for it? God, you're such a safe and powerful place. You are this place. You are my security. And uh, listen, you're, you're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough. Always available whenever I need you. Did you, you ever come to a place where, where you said, God, uh, I know we're born again. I know we have confessions of faith. I know we did. But there's sometimes you say, I, I know. I know you're there. But thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, I need wisdom. Right now, I need an answer. Right now, I need some strength. Right now, I need to know what I'm going to do. You could be driving down the highway. You could be in your kitchen and just stop for just a moment. Right now, based on the attack, I, I, I'm not fine. I tell everybody I'm fine, but I'm not fine. I tell everybody it's okay, and it's not a scriptural word. Okay is not scriptural. 
You're not supposed to be okay. He said you're supposed to have abundant life. Have it more abundantly. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Okay is okay, but don't live in okay. Amen? Don't, don't do that. But if you're there, then raise your hands up Begin. Listen, even if you cry while you're doing it, then cry. No shame in your game. As long as you're still in the game. Amen? I heard one time somebody make the statement. I, 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 I like the statement. It said, if you're under attack, that's proof that you're still alive. That's proof you're still blessed. That's proof it's okay that you're on the right track. It's proof. Amen. So rather than, I'm not saying encouraging attack, I'm just saying if you're ever attacked, hey, listen, they got me marked. That's right. I've said it for years. When you play football, the one with the football is the one they want to tackle. If you sit on the sidelines the whole year, your uniform will never get dirty. Some of you Christians don't know what it's like to be hit. Yeah. I've been around the world, but I've been to 18 different countries. I know what it's like to have a gun put to your head by a 16-year-old with an automatic weapon. Men in the military in Nicaragua. I know what that is to have that gun put right to the back of your head because you're preaching the gospel. I wasn't on a vacation. I was preaching the gospel. I know what that's like to do that. I know what that's like to, to be in Pakistan and say, kill all Christians, and I'm there. I know what that's like to do that. I know what it's like to preach the gospel in Kuwait. And I, I know what that's like to, to, to live with that. I know what that's like to go into a hotel and it's barbed wired and, and, and tanks are out there to protect the hotel uh, from the onslaught of the enemy. I know what that's like to go to sleep that way. I know what that's like to get up. I know what it's like to sli- sleep on the dirt. I know what that's like. And we complain because uh, people complain because the food was too sh- uh, uh, slow at McDonald's. I can't handle this. I'm stressed. <laughs> Feed my belly. <laughs> I, I have been everywhere. No, I haven't. And I haven't been like some others that have gone through stuff they've gone through. But my personal life is that such. So, so you're well over 41 years too late to tell me this is not right. You're 41 years too late to tell me that he's not my refuge. He is. That he doesn't supply mine. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Now listen to me. Listen, if you're going to be a winner. Jesus had, and this is what you've got to do, had to become bigger on the inside to win and overcome, listen close, slanderous remarks about his mother and father. We know who you are. Don't think they were being, that they were being uh, uh, nice when they said, you're the carpenter's son. That was sarcastic. That was slanderous. We know your mother. We know your mother. We know the rumors that supposedly she had a child from heaven. We know your mother. We have all these children here, the sons and daughters. We, we know the brothers and sisters that you have. You're no, no different. Who do you think you are? The first they did, they attacked the mother and father. First thing they did. And, uh, and, but here's, here's, here's the key. Are you ready for it? You, you gotta wear a t-shirt says this. I know the truth. He knew that he, here he was. He knew who he was. If you don't know who you are, then you'll let anybody dictate your identity. You'll bow to it. He knew what he was about. I know what I'm called to do. I, I listen, as a minister of the gospel, I, I don't try to do what everybody else does. 
I don't do what everybody else tells me to do. I have to listen to God. Some people appreciate the fact that I'm led of the Spirit, and some question whether I'm led of the Spirit. But I have to obey God. That's what keeps me at peace. Amen. That's what keeps my hands steady. That's what lets me lay my head down and rest. Amen. That's why I can wake up happy. Amen. And so that's why I do it. Thank you for all those amens. Now, now listen close. I've been challenging some of you here to, to do this very statement. Jesus never looked back and discussed his situation with anyone. When you're going through trouble, you don't need to discuss it. You don't need to discuss it. Are, are you okay? You look a little like something's wrong. Well, keep your business to yourself. Who told you to look at me? How come when I was blessed, you didn't come over and say, I noticed you're blessed? You look tired. I am tired of hearing you. <laughs> Jesus, stop discussing your situations with people incapable of helping you or even desiring to help you. <laughs> There's not a single scripture in the Bible where he ever brought up his background. You can't find one scripture where Jesus said, well, let me tell you, here's what happened. You know, what I was told is that it was the Holy Ghost. Don't know. No. And he never discussed his flesh. He never discussed what limitations there was. The Bible said he got hungered. He never said, I'm hungered. He said, they said he was hungered. The people said about him. He never once said it. But he did have those. He got tired. He slept in a boat. You got to be pretty tired to sleep in a boat. Especially when everybody around you is screaming, help! Forget the storm, forget the wind. Everybody, help! Don't you care? Don't you care that we perish? Don't you care? <laughs> and so you're going to go through that. You know, uh, it, it, these are the challenges of life. You got to go through these moments of life. As a man, you, you live in. A, we 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 handle house situations different than women do. We're supposed to. It's not a put down. It's just the way it is. And, and most men take it personal because we get our identity from from uh, what we're able to do and achieve. And so, so if if we go through something in our home, we take it personal. There's nothing negative about my wife, and, and if she needs some help, I'll help you. But it's a, it sort of hits the manhood when you think your wife says, can, can you help me? Uh, oh, can I, uh, Joanne, can you help me do this? Joanne, can you help me up? I, I, I hurt this. I did that. You don't want to put that on them as a man. You don't want to do that. And, and so, and, and women uh, want to talk about everything. And because and, uh, they want to help. But I notice it. What you going through? I love you. I love you. Please. I know you do, but please. But that's the nurture. How do you know? Well, define, if you look at you could define the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Help meet, not help mate. I don't like the word help mate. Animals mate. We're not animals. We're created in God's image, and God isn't an animal. So God created us to be partners, co-laborers together. 
and so we're help meet. The word meet means qualified to work together. And so well, there's a, counter, a counterpart. So in the husband and wife, there's a counterpart that goes together in this. So Joanne's by help meet. It's just like the Holy Spirit will nudge me, like the Holy Spirit will woo me, like the Holy Spirit will direct me and guide me. That's what a good wife will do. And sometimes when you don't want to hear it, it's agitating. That's what nagging is, saying the right thing at the wrong time, sometimes all the time. But anyway, um, scripture, but Jesus never, never brought up to anybody else his past. He never brought up his living. He never brought up where he came from. I recall that one time uh, I'm ordained with Brother Jesse, and, and Jesse and I were conversing one time, we were, and, and he made a statement to me. He said, he said, Pastor Art, do me a favor. I go, what's that? He goes, I don't ever want to hear you at all, ever, ever bring up the building in, in, in Anaheim. Don't bring that up again. Stop it. How can God bring you a building when you're living in one that you don't have? Go for the one you possess and go for it and God will provide. Don't ever do it. I said, okay, you got it. And so sometimes you got to stop talking about oh, oh, this, this whole scenario and, and act like it's real, like right now. And you got, you got to stop that. Uh, go to Mark chapter 5, verse 41. Let's get ready to wind her down here. Mark, Mark chapter 5. Uh, uh, let's look at this. Uh, 41. Now, let me get, let's set the stage here because I don't have the time to go through all the scriptures. But let me, let me go through this for just a moment. In the upper, upper verses prior to this verse of scripture, uh, Jesus was walking. And while he was walking in a crowd, a woman came up behind him and she had left her home. She had heard, she had, she had heard something. She, then, then all of a sudden she knew something in her and then she said something and then she did something and the fifth thing she said, she received something. So you got to hear something so that you can know something so that you can say something so that you can do something so that you can receive something. That woman came out of her home desperate. She was supposed to die. She was shrinking away. Spent all the money she had and then grew none the better. But she came to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment. While she was doing this, get the picture, a man had already come to Jesus and said, my, my daughter is dying. Would you come to my house and would you lay your hands on her so she would live? And Jesus said, yes. He got up. And please get rid of the holy look and, and, and that Jesus goes, yes, my son. I'll come. Fire got in his eyes. A man who was, who was a leader of the synagogue had come and came to Jesus and asked him, can you do this for me? Would you come to my house? Lay hands on my child. My daughter, she's dying. Would you come? Jesus looked at him and got up. I will. He didn't say, what's her condition? How long has she been this way? Does she have insurance? Who's at the house? How old are you? How old is your wife? Is there sin in your life? Ask none of these questions. Looked at the, at the desperation in the man's eyes. I have nowhere else to go. Do you understand? I've got no place else to go. I've heard about you. I've got nowhere to go. You're the last hope. She's dying. Please 
Please come. Jesus got up with the eyes of desperation, but right behind those eyes of desperation, he saw a spark of belief. I'll go. And got up and began to walk. And as he's walking, the man didn't say a word. Faith learns how to shut up at the right time. Faith learns how not to speak in moments where your mind's bombarding you. Oh, I don't know how it's going to be. Think, think for just a moment before I get to the scripture. Uh, think about this. Your dad. Your dad. I know what it was like with Joanne in the hospital in a little bit. I'm just talking about for personal experience. And, and my wife's in the hospital. The doctor says she may die. I know what that's like. I'm staying here. We had a meeting going on here. We were starting a meeting that night. And I'm with Joanne in the hospital. And this woman looks at me and says, what are you doing here? I said, I'm with you. You're my wife. She goes, get to the church. Preach. And then come back and tell me what you preached. She goes, how is it that you staying here going to override what we already believe? Either God's God or he isn't. Leave. Go. Thank God I married a good woman. A godly woman. Amen. I came here, preached the gospel, hung out for a little bit, and then went back. She goes, tell me what happened while she ate her jello. And so I know the desperation. I didn't want to go. Driving here was hard. Coming here was the hardest thing. I left my wife in the hospital with words. The doctor was saying, death. And I came here to speak life. Here's what I did. I came leaving a moment with my wife knowing I was hearing words of death to speak life to members who didn't even come. Who had no clue what I was wrestling with emotionally. And yet from the depth of my spirit, I was able to yank up the anchor to help you drop the anchor for your soul and stay stable. Just like I'm doing right now. This man had to walk away. Okay, I'll be back, honey. Look at his wife. I'll be back. I'm going to see if I get Jesus to come. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get to him. I don't know what else to do, but I'm a man. I got to do something. I'm going to get, find Jesus. And I heard he's over here. I'm going to go get Jesus. Honey, but our daughter. Okay, I trust you, husband. I trust you. Go. Honey, I'll be back. You can't hear me. You're asleep. I know you're hot. I understand you're hurting. I'll be back. Let's see if I can get Jesus. You're going to be all right. Can you imagine then walking? Going away. Walk out that door with the thought, when I come back, will she be here or not? Will I have to come back to bear? What if Jesus doesn't come? What if I can't find him? What if he got in a boat across the sea? I don't know. Uncertainties. But if I can get to Jesus... She gets, he gets, could you come? That desperation, crying out, would you help me? Got up, I'll come. I'll come. And in the midst of going, a woman comes up behind and touches him and stops the whole journey. Can you imagine now, wait a minute, that's my daughter and you're stopping for this woman. You said you were coming. Who touched me? Uh, I need you. Come on, you're, we're people. What do you stop? I did it. I touched you. I touched the hem of your garment. Something happened to me. I don't have pain no more. I'm not bleeding anymore. All of, I don't know what happened, but you didn't touch me, but I touched you. Woman, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Yes. 
The whole crowd is dealing with all this. The, the man did, still didn't say a word. Jesus turns around and he, he can see it in his face. Fear not, only believe. Let's go. Continued on their journey. And the man had a grab. Fear not. Fear not. Fearing not is your responsibility. Fearing not is on you, not on him. It's on you. Fear not. God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. God gave it to you. She goes goes there, and and, uh, Mark 5, 41 says, and he took the damsel. Well, well, back up. He walked into the house, and when he got to that house, everybody was crying, mourning, sobbing. He came up, don't bother the master anymore, the leader, the rabbi. Your daughter's dead. She died. While you were in your absence, she died. Can you imagine hearing those words? She died. And then he looked at Jesus and looked at the man and looked at Jesus. And Jesus makes the most unusual statement. Oh, no, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Now, now, now wait. The, the Bible said the crowd started mocking him. They went from crying to mocking and laughing. Because not everybody around you really cares what you're going through. Fake tears, fake emotions. I'm sending my condolences. My whole life you never sent me a blessing. Why on earth do I want your condolence? Don't send me flowers when I'm in the grave. I can't smell them and see them. Are you listening? And so, who do you think you are? We don't know you. You weren't here when we saw her take her last breath. You weren't here when we heard her mama screaming. You weren't here when we did it. Who do you think you are? We know she's not asleep. She's dead. Uh-huh. She's sleeping. Get out of the way. And Jesus walked by them. It isn't. He didn't pay attention to the words. Walked by. Verse 41. He took the damsel by the hand and said to her, you can't say to her, he didn't, notice this, he didn't say to the body. He didn't say to the sickness. He didn't say to the condition. He spoke to her. And he said, uh, Talitha, Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say to you, arise. Another word is more aggressive in the original Aramaic. It says this, uh, damsel, I'm telling you in the authority, get up. Get up. I'm telling you, this scripture was telling somebody who had died. Get up! And she opened her eyes and got up. And he took her to the parents and said, give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. You don't give a dead person something to eat. You don't do that. In many cultures today, they'll lay, they'll lay apples and bananas on graveyards, gravesites. And they'll do that. And they'll, they'll, they sometimes they celebrate the day. You know, this month is, is the, would, would be in the natural, as some people say. My, my mother passed away in June, 10 years ago. This is, would be 10 years. 10 years. And, and uh, I got to live. I, I, was, I got to spend 45 minutes laying in the bed with her singing Amazing Grace before she made her exit out of earth. I will never dishonor her by going to a grave and weeping. 
I will honor her by staying alive, staying virtuous, and I have no anniversary of her death. I give the anniversary of when she got born again. That's when she began to live. We're preoccupied with the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. Come with me, Jesus said. I know that'll offend some people, but that's okay. Interpret, damsel, get up. One of the greatest tests of life is learning how to recover and bounce back. God will never forget you. I'm telling you right now, you've you got to learn to get up. And I'm telling you, some of you right now, uh, the, no matter how your dreams are, get up. In, in times of trouble, you can win. If you, if you wake up, sit up, and live up, and get up, and do what God told you to do. Amen. Yeah, it may be tough. It may be tough. I understand that. It may be tough. Never, we never, you know, Joanne and I, when we first got married, oh, we thought we were going to just live off love until we finally realized we needed money. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, then she was working and I was working. And, uh, you know, so, it, it, and the, the, the force of our, uh, uh, of our love, I wanted to spend time with her, and then all of a sudden we're gone. And she's at work and I'm at work and, and we see each other at night. She's driving to L.A., and I'm driving out here to Anaheim, working out here. And we lived in Downey at the time. And so here we are working. And every Friday night, we had to put up with the Friday nights at the fights with our neighbors next door in the apartment. Every Friday night. And sometimes they had a second round on Saturday. And, and uh, throwing pots and pans and yelling and cussing and, and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and so that was our life. It was, it was, we were married. We were happy. We were, we were in love with each other. We cared about each other. And uh, God, God blessed us. And God continues to bless us. But it, it, and so we had to settle with, our, with ourselves that we made statements to each other, confessions, that this is our home, that what you say to me, what I say to you, is what's going to matter the most in life, wherever two more agree. Wherever two more agree. And, and so that's what we do. And that's what we're encouraging you to do. You've got you to keep speaking the word of God. So if, if your dream seems like it died, hey, wake up and sit up. Get what God told you to do. Put a smile on your face, man. Be, be excited about it. And this world is going through some troubling moments right now. And, uh, so, and uh, we realize that. But there's trouble all around. I said it before. I have a swimming pool. I can get in the pool, and I'm safe as long as the pool doesn't get in me. So you can be surrounded by trouble. Just don't let trouble get in you. Don't let the trouble and stuff situations. Yeah, it'll come on you. Just shake it off. Get a Holy Ghost towel, wipe yourself off, and keep going. And just keep going for the kingdom of God. Amen. Find somebody that has some hope. That life, life that can throw you a life jacket or throw you some kind of thing to protect you and help you. You don't need a bunch of friends. You just need the right ones that will help you through life. That's all it takes, the right one. Amen. Did you get something out of this today? Yes. Praise God for it. I'm telling you, we, we live. And Jesus went through stuff, man. Jesus went through stuff. People around him went through stuff. There wasn't one person Jesus helped that, didn't need, that uh, wasn't going through stuff and uh, throughout Scripture. And, and sometimes we like to preach, hey, you're, you're, you're the blessing. But right behind all that, the, this wonderful truth of the, the emotion that happened and, and uh, that Jesus had to contend with, had to deal with. Jesus' first cousin, John, as we know him, John the Baptist, was beheaded in an orgy. And uh, they, they took him and they, killed, they cut his head off. And uh, they put it in a charger, brought it in the dance while everybody was dancing. And the, the, the king was such a pervert, he wanted his, his, uh, his uh, daughter for, for, uh, for sex that night. And said, if you dance for me, I'll give you anything you want. And, uh, and so she went to her mom, what do I give? She said, 
I'm so I'm angry at John. Have have him cut his head off. So she, if you cut John's head off, and they cut his head off, and brought it on charger, lifted it up, and his head was sitting there. And uh, Jesus heard about it and went up to the mountain to pray. Can you imagine? That's my first cousin. He was the first one who understood me. He said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, taketh away the sins of this world." And now he's they cut his head off. Tragedy. I want to be alone for just a moment. Helps so many people, and I got to be alone. And when they went to go do that, the Bible said the crowd came. And then the crowd came. And when the crowd came to him, they began to uh, say, "We need healing." And so Jesus hurt the devil where, where it hurt the most. He healed all the sick. So he turned his pain into a healing campaign. And he did right. Sometimes you're going to be pain. Find somebody who you can help and get beyond yourself. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you your word is true and it's yes and amen. I'm giving you all honor and glory. I believe these words of life uh, will be uh, those which will not fall lifeless to the ground, but they are inserted into their life. And my goal is that they would live off these words and do these words and see where they're at right now and see that that it's okay to keep walking. It's okay to keep running. If they can't run, walk. And uh, and do what they've got to do to fulfill the will of God. If they can't run or walk, then at least just hold your ground where you're at right now and, and don't go back. Don't ever turn around and go back. Stand where you're at. Don't quit. In Jesus' name, I speak words of faith over life and, and over their life. In Jesus' name, over their marriages, over their homes, in the authority of the name of Jesus. Father, help them get wisdom to know what they got to do day by day over every situation. In Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.